Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, Hello, this is Susan Ray. You may remember me from such appearances as Bewildered Broadcaster in Dumpty Dum or the voice of Disapproval in Street Crime UK. Today, I want to use my voice to tell you about 1001 Conversations, a new podcast about the stories we all share. First kiss, first day at school, where we were on 9-11. To record your story, your memories, to be included in a future show, go to speakpipe.com slash 1001 conversations. You don't have to leave your name on the recording if you wish your blushes to be spared. The first topic is my first kiss. That's your first kiss, not my first kiss. So pucker up and go to speakpipe.com slash 1001 conversations and tell us your story. This episode of Dumpty Dub is sponsored by Lama Drama, a fully cooperative Lama-based amateur dramatics organization. Lama Drama, for all your Lama needs. me now you know that i know i know you so well i know about your lavatorial habits <laughs> so when you say just pop in for a new break i think right i've got 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well I, yes i do sit on the eye throne so to speak <laughs> I, i'm playing 2048 have you seen that game no it's uh, it's kind of a bit like Tetris. Uh, so you have these blocks uh, in um, a much larger grid and they disappear if you match them up and they're in, and they're in multiples of two. So there's two, four, eight, 16, 32, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes up to 2048, 2048. And when you can join them, then they disappear. But then it keeps on filling up when you don't. And um, oh, okay. it's kind of very simple but incredibly addictive and you just say oh i'm just sitting on on the eye throne to do some business <laughs> and you and you and you whip out your device <laughs> and before you know it 10 minutes have gone <laughs> yes do you know what i once wrote a piece for um personnel today mm. about 
dirt germs in offices mm. and they took a swab of a man's iphone and they took a swab off the lavatory seat and there were more germs on the iphone because well, they play it in the loo yes. and then they pop it in their pocket right nestling up to, <laughs> to things <laughs> and so, also people's office keyboards when they're eating because you see people absent-mindedly eating over their keyboards dropping a bit licking their fingers sticking it on the keyboard and then you just think no that's about mm. you know six months worth of molding food molding moldering food on there Whoa. but doesn't that actually make us stronger makes us more resistant to little bugs and stuff doesn't it we can't live in a totally antiseptic world yeah i know but licking your keyboard that's going a bit far isn't it true true true, true. <laughs> oh by the way we mm. need to um we need to give a lot of love out to the diva today. Yes. Did you get the messages? Um, well, they all came in quite late yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. No, she's been in tears because she thought she'd upset you. Oh, crumbs. Because she she wants to record re-record her message because she just sent one saying, you know, I'm really sorry that I've upset Royfield and all oh, that sort of thing. Right. I said to her, no, he's fine. It's fine. You know, she just said, oh, really sorry I didn't spend more time with you. And I <laughs> says, you didn't spend any, you know. <laughs> I, was, I was really upset. But I think I put a smiley at the end of it. Right. You know, gosh, you know. She's anyway. very sensitive, though, I think. A absolutely. And, I, and I'm not. That's the problem. <laughs> and so... Did you have that's... a nice weekend? I did spend about an hour and 45 minutes in the Apple iStore just charging my phone on Saturday. <laughs> you know, bemoaning my general existence and saying I I'm just kind of quite pointless. But the good news is that I managed to watch Final Score and Birmingham City won 2-1 against... Yay! Yeah, and uh, like a last-minute goal as well. So I'm Birmingham City resurgent and so am I. I was like well happy about that. But I was a bit like, oh, I've got nothing to do. I'll just charge my phone. Oh. But yeah, but then that Birmingham City's uh, late, uh, late goal victory. So maybe that's a metaphor for you. Yes, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You, know, you know, Birmingham City are bouncing back and so am I. So. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You sound very perky. Do I? Good. Good, good, yeah. good. Hey, people hated my edit, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had so much hate. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know how I know? How do you know? We, that now we are successful mm. because I am getting A, hate mail for my edit and B, willy pictures. Well done, you. I know. Have you had any willy pictures? Why would I? Why would somebody send me willy pictures? I, why the hell would anybody send any? No, but you're a woman. You're a woman of a certain uh, Twitter Twitter sphere status. So um, you got to be sent them. But does anybody seriously? But wait a minute. Do people send you pictures of their own willies? Yes. Well, I presume they're their own willies. I don't know. Well, you should ask them to do like a like a Is full that shot. So you know to verify whether it says or not it's passing off the willy happening. as theirs. <laughs> you can't have willies passing off, can you? On a sofa. That is not your willy. Said I'm only accepting authentic willies. The, the problem is about editing is it's one of those um, thankless tasks. <laughs> and on that note. This is WD on the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown, who's feeling resurgent. Yay! And with me, I have the pun princess, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our 
That's not Tom, it's you <laughs> folks. Today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by me old muckapool room. Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our listeners how to win the accolade of Dum Dee Dummer of the Week? Yes. If you have recently had a voice or personality transplant, feel free to call <laughs> 203-031-3105 or on speakpipe via to tell us about it or leave us a dumpty dum. Uh, thanks again to Harriet Carmichael from Shambridge for the message uh, messages this morning and to Derek Fletcher for the loan in the back bedroom. He's on the sofa with Lorraine this morning as he's uh, twisted his ankle ice skating at Lower Loxley. It's all part of his naturist Christmas celebrations. He likes to get the roses into his cheeks. People objected though someone called security who scared him a bit and apparently he left skid marks all over the ice <laughs> they put down little towels don't they <laughs> yeah well, no, they do when, when you go to a nat- naturist camp they'll have like a little hand flannel towel and so when they sit down they'll put that down first how do you know i saw a documentary about it did you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. subscribe to health and efficiency magazine do they, the does that still running <laughs> I don't know, but it's such a it's such a sort of a traditional naturist gag, isn't it? I'm not sure. I bet it does. I'm loath to look on Google though. Calls this week come from Dusty Substances, who wants to know if the new editors ever listen to the Archers. Cosmo, oh, we love a bit of Cosmo, who <laughs> wants to buy Rob Titchener a drink. John from Newcastle, who has a confession. Jojo Sexy Hills is back, and she's also annoyed with the new Tom, Goddess Diva, who wants to make it up with me. With me, Royfield, you don't need to make it up to me, Goddess Diva. Uh, Rosie, who has a five-minute archer's break at work, and Paul Room, me old mucker. He just can't stop worrying. Oh, and there's another and. And John. Late call from John. Uh, John, who can foresee a cheesy end for Helen. But first, before all that, let's kick things off with the double entendre-laden monologue that you're all waiting for. It's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Skywalker is doing boxing and eating curry and getting in the regiment he wanted, says Shula proudly. Even Kenton sounded faintly disturbed at the level of forensic knowledge Shula has of Daniel's schedule. We do all realise that Shula's killed Alistair, don't we, in an effort to ensure that her Oedipal bedchamber is open to all offers from (laughs) Daniel and his entire (laughs) regiment. Um, Lower Loxley is gearing up for Christmas. Oh, good. Another month of Christmas jollity and folder roll at a stately home where we all celebrate an England that never existed with sparkly-eyed country folk staggering around an ice rink half-cut on Waitrose mulled wine reduced to clear from last year while the lady of the manor counts the money she's made and bounces around on top of a gormless hotel receptionist in a cowshed. Compliments of the season, etc. Let us welcome, dear listener, Todd Foster who sounds indistinguishable from Charlie Barber's spreadsheet who in turn sounds indistinguishable from New Tom. We now have a positive army of men in wax jackets and corn who call each other chap say hello lovely drink red wine they can't pronounce and fancy Fiona Bruce anyway oh uh, fancy Fiona Bruce you you don't wear wax jackets and cords though do you oh god you don't even own a pair of wellies no no what's that got to do fancy Fiona Bruce because they're the sort of men that do you know she's all sort of safe and that's not true I fancy and I don't wear those things do you really fancy her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she does she... all that over-pronunciation and wiggly eyebrows, though, doesn't she? Well, all I know 
right, is that she's got a nice, nice, pretty face. However, whenever I say to people I fancy Fiona Bruce, I do get funny looks. Everybody <laughs> gives me, <laughs> how can you? But I think she's got a right nice face. Though, she needs to eat a few meals. She's a bit skinny. She's, yes, mm. yes. But she's probably... That's pro- why she has to keep moving around on the Antiques Roadshow in case someone mistakes her for a hat stand or something. <laughs> I, I, yes. Mm. Anyway, don't let me uh, stop you. OK. Uh, now, I like a bit Angela of... Rippon. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I used to... <laughs> no, <laughs> Selena <laughs> Scott. I was don't a Selena Scott. <laughs> No, it was, I never fancied Angela Rippon. It was Selena Scott. She was lovely. Oh, God. The 14-year-old me had a real thing for her, I'll tell you. But I think people used to get her a bit confused with Diana Spencer, didn't mm, they? Mm. Oh, and then what? Angela Ford. Oh. Who's Angela Ford? What's her name, Ford? She used to be on ITV with the dark hair. Anna Ford. Anna Ford, that was it. Yeah, she's lovely. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like a proper... If you were 14, as I was... So right. everyone else was going on about Blondie and you were uh, fantasising about Anna Ford. <laughs> oh, don't start me on Debbie Harry. But, <laughs> but Anna Ford, right, she was like the first woman who I thought, oh, God, she's a bit nice, who was sophisticated. Mm. You know, if you're like if you're like a little teenage boy and you liked Anna Ford, you know, she just looked kind of like... She had a little, little bit of something else about her. Mm. What a gorgeous woman. Where's she now? Uh, wasn't she one of the ones that was moaning because she got binned off because she was deemed as too old? Oh. I love the way mm. that we're still allowed to have old blooming Michael Burke, who looks like a bag of, a face like a bag of hammers. <laughs> and, you know, he's allowed to keep banging on. But unless you look like a 20-year-old supermodel, you get chucked off the telly. Yeah, no, that's not fair at all not fair at all and I would watch anything with Anna Ford on and sorry for calling calling you Angela my, Do you my place to the archers? I bet she doesn't I bet she's far too sophisticated what do you mean far too sophisticated <laughs> it's the most sophisticated docudrama there is on on British it media. had a psychic turkey in it this week <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did laugh at that, you know. I did laugh. That's another one of my, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mind your language, fam- family Sorry. podcast. Yeah, family show. Sorry. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Okay, right. So, monologue, go. Okay. I like a bit of sexual tension as much as the next woman, but this Adam and Charlie thing is driving me mad. It's like Hepburn and Spencer Tracy with Fleabane. And just as an FYI, <laughs> Fleabane is Canadian, so that's bloody Tom Archer that's brought that back. Anyway, so there they are, Adam and Charlie, sitting in that restaurant with Adam saying archly, after what you've put me through, I deserve dinner. Then the amuse-bouche come and Charlie says, that's a nice little thing, isn't it? And so it goes on. Was there a way to wander it around with a massive pepper pot just to add to the general phallic subtlety? While Charlie was abusing Adam's bouche, Carol Toboggan was at the Turkey Pardon, the biggest five minutes of insanity ever heard on British radio. She greeted Eddie and Joe with the words, what a fine-looking pair, which startled both of them. The music in the background appeared to be Fleetwood Mac on a loop. Eddie was dressed as a chicken. Fallon asked the psychic turkey if she should have broken up with the man who arrested her father. And Joe was being George Washington. I just sat there staring at my radio going, what the hell, every now and again. Psychotic Georgie wanted to save the psychic turkey. He fixed Eddie with a gimlet eye and began to levitate until Eddie panicked and gave in. Horrible. Listen, I did tell you a few weeks ago, didn't I? What? George Grundy's not right. No, no, he's not Not right. right. Leave Henry Archer alone, everyone. (laughs) It's George Grundy. While you're all watching Henry, 
George is painting the living room with blood. <laughs> oh. um, horrible Henry has progressed from saying, yes, Rob, to asking the psychic turkey incisive questions about whether or not Tony would be home for Christmas. The psychic turkey said, yes, he would be, but he will have the voice of a speak and spell machine. Lillian's got her eye on Tony's medication. The drugs they're giving him, she said enviously to Jenny, darling. <laughs> Jenny, darling, Poirot is using her little grey cells, all three of them, to track down John Toboggan's alleged assassin. This is nuts. She even said to Lillian, well, I could do without it, really. As if A, she's running British Airways, and B, someone else <laughs> is forcing her to do this. So do do without it then, as it's in your head, you mad old bat. Your mum's distraught, your brother's dying, and you're tiddling around playing Cluedo with a witch. Jenny Darling is going slowly, slowly out of her mind, pissing around with venison pasties. Get a bloody job, woman. I hope there is some payoff with this. Oh. This is the most... Bonkers yes. bit of ludicrous Miss Marpledom that, and I've got no no part of it. You know, are we, is this Cluedo? What is it? I know, I know, it's just us. But one of the listeners has had mm. uh, a very very good suggestion about where this could be going. Oh, okay, all right then. So I'll, I'll say no more. Uh, Jim and Linda want to bring in 24-hour dogging now if they can find any volunteers. <laughs> I'm not surprised people are reluctant. It must be freezing on that bypass and chilly ants don't half put a downer on dogging. Um, new Tom went in to see New Tony in hospital. Will he remember me? Asked New Tom anxiously. We don't know, we all shouted. We don't know the hell you are either. But good news from the hospital. Tony is holding his own. Good for you, Tony. Maybe Jim can come in and give you a hand. That'll take the chill off. <laughs> the end! <laughs> Oh, I'm cross this week, I tell you. Oh, you can tell. Oh, gosh, you rattled through that at a pace as well. You know. Did oh. I? Yeah, you did. Too you much did. coffee. Do you know what? Can I have a small minor rant? Do you mind if I have a minor rant? Well, well, isn't that like my gift to this podcast? Sorry. Well, feel free to leap in and rant with me or annoy or do annoy or, or disagree with me, if you like. Right. Go. Um, I, I, I am a person who... And who no, you're not. Yeah, I can't get the first sentence out. That's me. If I am feeling stressed or anxious or things are getting a little bit on top of me, mm. what I do is I listen to something like... I read something like uh, P.G. Woodhouse or uh, Agatha Christie or Gladys Morgan or one of the Campion Marjorie Allingham stories or something that has an amazingly complicated plot but that all gets beautifully sorted out at the end. All the loose ends get tied up and you shut the book and go, ha, because it's all sorted out properly. Now, as far as I can tell, they're going to need some kind of dredging outfits to get everybody out <laughs> of the mess that they're all in at the moment. We have got, I dislike dangling things, Royfield, as we discussed earlier. And we've got, are they going to prudder? What's going to happen about the money? What's happening about Jess? What's happening about Adam and Charlie? What's happening about Haley and Roy? They've got. So, we're going to have to have like an, a week of episodes in which one storyline gets tied up every single week. Either that or a comet is going to have to hit Ambridge, wipe everybody out, and we'll start again. Because the, the thing is, when you're reading something like Agatha Christie and P.G. Woodhouse, I have total faith that Daddy is in charge, sort of thing. And that this is all going to get sorted out amicably. I can't see how it's going to be sorted out. And I don't care because I know it will be because I trust the author. At the moment, I am not trusting what is going on because I do not have any faith that they are writing storylines for people's characters. And it's making me actually feel quite stressed. 
Does that sound stupid? Yes, and here's the reason why. <clears throat> the fatal flaw in what you just said. You equated our favourite docudrama to novels that are wrapped up in, I don't know, 300 pages, 200 pages. That's the difference. Here's an example. The Grundy Grundy Boys. Has that been resolved in 30 years? No. No. However, I take your point, though. I take, you know, I take the very essence of really what you're saying is that there are too many kind of dangling not resolved storylines but also storylines where we kind of don't really know what's going on um charlie and adam because actually nada nothing's happened Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and as we kind of said before it's all in our minds you know Mm -hmm. is there even a gay thing going on we we don't Mm -hmm. know he hasn't even touched his no one's touched anybody's knee let alone done anything Mm -hmm. else so and for that i I thought you were going to say (laughs) nob I did, I did pull myself back. I did pull myself back. I withdrew quickly. <laughs> so, and for that, I kind of slightly applaud uh, the script writers, you know, to, to play with us. However, there are too many storylines at the moment. And then there are these weird and wonderful little tangents that we're going off, like um, Carol Toboggan being a witch because she spent too much time in Argentina, which I did go for at, you know, uh, last week. And Miss Marple um, turning up in Ambridge and just like, oh, yeah, there are these distractions. However, this is long form drama and stories are supposed to weave in and weave out and little easter eggs are supposed to be left for us in other bits of storylines which and then the payoff comes you know 18 months later so it's wrong to say i read pg woodhouse and everything gets resolved because then you're watching you're listening to the wrong type of drama love sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel really stupid now (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) I would have thought after 40 odd years he got used to feeling stupid, Lucy. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And for once I've won an argument, so I think we should celebrate by hitting those phone lines. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Uh, I love the idea of Carol skunking everybody up. I could even vaguely see her pissing around with an Ouija board. But Jennifer wouldn't. I mean, what's all that about? Um, so I'm quite like, I quite like the elderly people all getting uh, out of their brains. That's really good. Um, but it's this uh, acting out of character thing that particularly Jennifer's doing, but she's not alone, which makes me have a few questions. Um, Sean, the new editor, has he ever listened to The Archers before? I'm just wondering, that he, he may never have heard it and thinks this is the sort of stuff that would go down well. Or he may have heard it and didn't like it and wanted to change it. Hmm. I mean, what on earth did the people on the interview panel ask the candidates? <laughs> if you were going to change all the characters beyond recognition, what would be the wackiest thing you could think of? Ooh, 
says Sean. I'll have a set of 80-year-olds on Class A drugs. Oh, that's good. Have you ever had a stampeding cattle scene before? You have? Did anyone die? Well, that's not a problem. We can kill somebody this time. Maybe dying on Christmas Day. That would be good, wouldn't it? So that must have gone down a storm at the mailbox. Hmm. Anyway, a little rant about Stir Up Sunday. So where was it? Did we have Jill losing her thrippy bits? No, we didn't. Anyway, um, our spectacularly dim Brookfieldites. Uh, common refrain from me, but I'm sorry, I'm sticking to it. Justin Thing offers way over the odds for a farm that's got planning blight hanging over it. And they don't smell a rat. I mean, it's crazy. He must be up to something. Oh, no, it's a really good offer. No, it isn't. It's all going to go tits up. I mean, it would be all right if we were getting rid of Ruth and Pip, but we're not, are we? They're going to stay there. So can that all please stop? Oh, and flipping Tom's come back this evening as if it wasn't bad enough. (laughs) Really fed up. But anyway, let's have more... Um, 80 year olds out of their heads and if Jim could join in I think that'd be really really good I can just imagine him uh, sort of doing it in declensions uh, in his Latin that'd be really good he'll probably know what the Latin for um, skunk is I'd be really excited with that so let's have that anyway well done to everybody who won an award at the awards uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there but I've sort of come to all of this a bit late but never, you never know I might come along to the next one anyway thank you for a lovely podcast and uh bye for now dusty substances well she's just said what we just said basically hasn't she what you know has sean ever listened to the archers <laughs> there is there is just a, a few people who are acting ever so slightly uh out of character shall we say a little bit i tell you what though mm. jenny darling and this this insanity about um, about John Toboggan uh, it just makes me want to work until I die because this is what happens when you don't have a proper job and you just mess around and your sole purpose in life is to twit around with your kitchen and you know worry about who's got what from Underwoods and all that um, you know she needs she, she, you know there are people that need help she could go and help them go and do some charity stuff or something instead of just being an idiot and she's just making stuff up when Linda said you know um, when Lillian said so what did he, he say she just it was so highly edited and nuanced as to make it unrecognisable as to what John <laughs> Toboggan's son has actually said or done you know mm. it was incredible but yes someone said is there a, do, do we think uh, Carol had a lesbian affair and I thought oh yes I could see that yeah uh, because the son said after what she did if the point of this nonsense is supposed to be that there's a little bit of needle between the pair because of Jenny Darling's affair that she had some yeah. 30 40 years years ago yeah. well yeah you know but all we need is just them just to rub yeah. shoulders in the shop and then to be frosty with each other yes Us exactly. as the listeners then we'd get it but we the, don't need a flipping murder plot yeah but uh, it's it's so bizarre you know i yeah. don't know what's happened to jenny ouija boards this you know accusing the woman of being some kind of black witch because she spent time in argentina <laughs> and she put sage in her tea i just <laughs> But I, but I'm, I'm trusting there's going to be some comedic payoff because 
It, there has to be. Well, Rosie, WinterX27, mm. says this. Hello, it's Rosie here, um, or WinterX27 on Twitter. Um, I just had a couple of things I would like to say. I'm finally caught up with the Archers. I haven't listened for a long time um, because I have a new job and my workplace doesn't have designated Archers 15-minute break for some reason. Um, the first thing I wanted to say was just that I know Jennifer's kind of getting a bit sucked into the idea that Mysterious Carol had something to do with John's death. And I was just wondering whether this is in fact the case, but it was kind of done in good faith. Maybe John and Carol had originally come to some sort of decision where if one of them got to a state of health that just, you know, they weren't able to, to you know, look after themselves and they were going to be completely dependent on the other person, that they should maybe be um, helped along in some way. And maybe this is a kind of going to end up being some sort of um, euthanasia storyline and people's different attitudes towards that. That might be quite interesting. And then the second thing I wanted to say was I was a bit annoyed with Shula when she was discussing cashing in her share and she said that no offence Ruth but I wouldn't want my money tied up in a farm in the north and I know she's probably saying this for sentimental reasons but for me um, Prudhoe is like a member of my family I suppose I can slag it off as much as I want because I live there but um, as soon as someone else kind of puts their oar in who doesn't know what they're talking about I get a bit annoyed and it goes to the whole of the north really so you know, Sheila, it's lovely up here. The, oh, the other thing is I don't think I'm going to get Ruth and David as neighbours. I just don't... That's just not going to happen. They're, they're not going to sell Brookfield. I can't, I can't imagine Ambridge without them. So, yeah, that was all I had to say. Um, and I'm enjoying being back on the tweet-along and listening to the podcast and um, the young bus. So, thanks, everyone. Bye. She says uh, that it's a euthanasia storyline and that Carol Ooh. actually helped John through his pain, possibly with a bit of herbal niceness or with a pillow over the face. I don't know. But... Ganja. Weed. Yes. I can't say that, but yes. Um... Of course you can. So... <laughs> I just sound ridiculous when I say it. Uh, it could be that. It could be anything, couldn't it? But I think that's quite likely. Mm. Um, but then why would the sun be cross? Because unless he disagreed with it. Yeah, no, because he disagreed with it. Yeah. It's like Roy and Haley off Corrie, isn't it? You know, it was, this, it was yeah. the oh, same yeah, yeah, storyline. Yeah. Same storyline. Yeah. That makes a whole load of sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Rosie also said about um, uh, about the the attitude of, of, of Shula and Elizabeth and Kenton to the to the money that they might get from Brookers. It really annoyed me when Shula said, "What about if they built awful homes?" And you think, well, what about if they built nice homes, Shula, for nice people who need somewhere to live and who don't just inherit houses and vast amounts of money? You know, mm. who want to live in the country. But unless you unless you are cashed up to the eyeballs, you've got absolutely no chance. Mm. Um, yes. Anyway, she really does get on my wick. She really does. Did you uh, read that article in the Guardian uh, over the weekend that thirty somethings are leaving London? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forget how many thousand thirty. Good, I might get a seat on the Victoria Line now. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they all go at once. <laughs> Off you pop. 
guess where? Guess what? The number one UK destination is for thirty-somethings who are leaving London. Bristol. Birmingham. No. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Uh, Bri- I think Bristol was number three. Manchester was number two, and they know this from NHS records because people are transferring from you know from ah. their doctors and stuff. And so the pattern of migration is: you finish university, you go down to London, you have a gay old time, start a family, you go. Hold on a minute can't afford to live here <laughs> you know we've got, we've got kids too, yes I've yeah got half so, a bedroom flat yeah so the editor of uh the shortlist magazine that trendy fashionable thing he actually now lives in birmingham and he was chatting about it and yeah yeah birmingham number one manchester number two bristol number three no wonder you're feeling resurgent what with birmingham city winning and then half the country moving to your hometown but by definition i should be with them though shouldn't i yeah <laughs> That's true, yes. Mm. But but I'm a 40-something now, so maybe yeah. I shouldn't. But anyway, uh, where were we? What are we talking about? How the hell there's a UK sh- a housing shortage get cut into our... Po- oh, it's because... Uh, yes, that was Shula, it, that was Shula, it. Yeah, Shula. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not build homes for anybody except me. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Cosmo here again. Sorry I missed all the fun in Shoreditch. I hope the hangovers were not too bad generally. I did see the video stream, and thank you for providing it. I think my Faulty Towers experience was about as much fun, but I did miss the opportunity to buy Rob Titchener a drink to congratulate him on his skills in looking after poor Helen in the last year, making her feel so well looked after and protected from the bad things in the world must be a very difficult job. I am sending this on Friday morning, so I have not heard the entire week, but it has become clear that Jennifer has unearthed that we must have been mispronouncing Mrs. Toboggan's first name. She has a track record, as I must remind you, as a husband killer. As being a witch, she must have cast the spell which killed Charles Grenville and John's first wife, Janet, in a car crash. So I suggest in future we refer to her not as Carol Toboggan, but as Killer Toboggan. Of course, serial killers do abound in Ambridge. David killed off Jethro and a badger, whilst Lizzie killed off Dan and Nigel. You haven't heard from me for a couple of weeks because I have been so distressed over the entire Brookfield business. Having thought about it, I have decided that the only explanation was mentioned by Tim when he was on the podcast a few weeks ago. He wants to get away from memories of Ruth and the herdsman and the affair. So perhaps in that light, they do have to go. What else? Well, do not get me started on the inexpressive and unrecognisable voices being used by Pip and Tom, who have obviously walked out of central casting rather than being embedded in village life for the last 20 years as they grew up. Quite unbelievable. And finally, can I suggest that RB Farming only got the contracts because Charlie wants his evil way with Todd Foster and Adam has simply not been putting out so Charlie has to go elsewhere for his oats. Nothing posh next week, but I will try and send you a message later if I can. Bye. Uh, Cosmo, mm. uh, he wants her to change her name to Killer Toboggan. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> of this very thing. Did you notice the way that Cosmo just very calmly and subtly told me off in the last podcast and he says, you know, stop with the criticism of that forum, Roy Field. I know. He's quite masterful, isn't he, Cosmo? Absolutely, absolutely. I think he probably has an underground lair and a white cat. 
<laughs> but he's not on Twitter or Facebook, so we'll never know. <laughs> um, I, you know, you know when Fal- when Fallon pitched up at Killer Toboggan's house with mm. a headache. Yes, and she said. Come in and I'll make you some tea. If someone said that to me, I would run like hell. What? Well, isn't that the most English of things? You know, like no, I'll make you a cup of tea. If you have a cup of tea, you know, like Yorkshire tea bags, hard mm. water, like I have, that's lovely. Yes, smashing, but <laughs> not one where you don't know what the hell they put in it. It's like those people that say, "I'll give you a massage," and you say, "Do you know anything about massage?" And they say, "No," and carry on anyway. And you think that's really hurting, and you don't know what you're doing. You wouldn't have someone say, "Oh, you've got a toothache. Let me have a crack. Let me have a crack at it." You know, <laughs> I've been to the dentist. I know how it's done. No, you wouldn't, would you? So you said I wouldn't drink herbal tea made by a weird old woman. All right. Now, wait a minute. How weird is she? Well, she's not. She's not that weird, no. no. In fact, I've just completely... I wouldn't even call her old myself. No, I know. I've just completely... All right, so she's I'll not a weird myself. old woman. So an ordinary woman, you've racked up at her door, you've got a headache, and she says... paracetamol than something funny out of her herb garden that Bert Fry's probably weed on. <laughs> I think something's really upset you this week. You just like be <laughs> Listen to Lucy go, it's like, whoa! <laughs> and considering, considering you were moaning about everyone calling her a white witch, black witch, whatever, you know, like- your feminist hackles were raised last week, leave her alone. No, no listen to you. What can I say? I'm a woman. I'm inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> now, have we got to the point of why Cosmo wanted to buy Rob Titchener a drink? Um, because he said he's protect. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Helen so well. He's joking. I think he's joking. He better be joking or he we're not putting him on air again. <laughs> no, uh, yes, no, he just meant because um, Rob's doing such a good job of protecting Helen. Ugh. Also, he said about, uh, you know, David last 
uh, when when mm. uh, Tim Bentinck was on the show and he mm. said about uh, Ruth and the herdsman, mm. and um, that that was never properly resolved. Uh, Cosmo says that does David is David happy to leave Brooker's because it would mean getting away from any sort of residual memories of, of uh, Ruth and Sam the Cowman. Mm. Um, I had a little plot prediction. I had Ooh. a little thought this morning in the shower. I thought, what if Heather dies halfway through this ridiculous cash fest? What about if halfway through Heather dies, they don't have to go... Ruth still wants to go. David doesn't because he wants to stay because he wants to stay with his mum and with his birthright and all that. And he says to her, you've got to choose. Because mm-hmm. Tim Bentinck said something about he's he's still never sure where her allegiance lies. But remember, of. he also said that they're the moral compass of the show, so they'll never really split up. Oh, yeah. But they won't, though. She, she, would, she would back down. That's why they won't split oh, up. Oh, OK. Yes. Right. Well, we just know they're not going anyway, aren't we? Yes, don't I don't. We? You the know, whole... there's, there's water, <laughs> there's some aquifer and running underneath yeah. it and yada, yada, yada. So they ain't going whatever. They ain't going whatever. I'm from Newcastle again. This week I'm calling in with a bit of a confession. About a year ago I moved in with my partner Richard, who is very, very patient and forgiving when it comes to my love of the archers. He never minds me listening to it full blast in the kitchen, never minds me talking about it and discussing it at length with my, uh, well, our mutual friend Gillian from Gateshead, who called in a few weeks ago. But a couple of weeks ago I think this was ever so slightly tested because it was the episode when Tony gets knocked over and stamped on by Otto. And it was a very, very tense episode, as you know. And we're both stood in the kitchen listening to this episode when the uh, scene happens where Tony gets trampled by Otto. And it's when he's in the helicopter afterwards and the doctor is phoning in saying that they had a a 60-something-year-old man who has been knocked over by and then trampled by a bull, at which point Richard let out what could best be described as a massive guffaw or chuckle, at which point I'm ashamed to admit I ordered him out of his own kitchen. Um, Bearing in mind this is Richard's house and although I've lived here for a year it is his house and I ordered him out of his own kitchen. Full of guilt and full of remorse, um, I, I am making this call to confess to you all this and hope that Richard will forgive me because uh, this is a bit of a, a bit of an example of how the Archers' fandom and the obsession that many of us have for this this fantastic drama can play a bit of an impact on our relationships. So take this as a warning for you all. Congratulations on the awards as well. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there, but I did watch a lot of the live stream um, and I was swapping Facebook messages with Gillian from Gateshead, who was also watching the live stream, mainly saying how jealous we were that we couldn't be there. So congratulations again, and hopefully myself and Gillian will make it down to, to London for next year's awards ceremony. And if he hasn't thrown me out by then, maybe Richard will come too. Have a great week and speak to you soon. Bye. John from Newcastle has confessed that he sent his boyfriend out of his boyfriend's own kitchen. Uh, He evicted him from his own house because he laughed when Tony got trampled by the bull. (laughs) (laughs) John, it is not us you need to be apologising to. Um, I think it's your boyfriend that you probably need to, to buy some flowers, say I'm very, very sorry and yes. It was either kind of script writing editing genius or I think it was Cosmo or somebody said a a week or two back or it was just absolutely incomprehensible but that episode with (laughs) (laughs) and you did know what the bejesus had gone on (laughs) 
So, and I, I'm, <laughs> so I, as I said before, I didn't exactly, I didn't get all emotion about it at all. I, I just didn't. However, I know that uh, really the, the, the payoff was in kind of Pat's performance. Uh, it, but, uh, you know, and, and to be fair, little, little Johnny, you know, granddad, you know, the, in the next episode. But, uh, you know, I didn't know what the hell went on there. And, and I suppose you weren't supposed to. And it's uh, and as I say, it was either a bit of script writing, editing, yeah. audio editing genius just the confusion. But I thought it, it was Henry. I thought it was Henry that was squished. Mm. Well, it would have... Uh, that would have been too harsh, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You can't You can't have can't a, a child <laughs> gored to death <laughs> <laughs> on, our, on our radios. <laughs> but we can have a 60-year-old man yeah. literally gored to death on our radios. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, shall we do Jojo now? Yes. Oh, by the way, uh, John from Newcastle oh. said he watched the live stream and he enjoyed it. Oh. But he didn't mention whether or not he enjoyed the bit where we broadcast a roll of gaffer tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I apologise. I apologise for, um, number one, uh, not noticing that the uh, camera, the iPad had actually fallen over and was actually broadcasting a roll of gaffer tape. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? That's where we get our sponsorship from. <laughs> You've had a great deal of exposure over the last year, Gaffer Tape. And the fact that um, I put it right at the back of the um, of the room, and really I should have put it right up front and centre, and just zoom, so we could have just zoomed straight in on on the stage. But next year I'll be one year older and definitely wiser, so <laughs> I'll do that then. And I was so impressed we had a live stream. I didn't think that would ever. I, well, I was shocked and stunned how easily it worked. And then it was really nice just wandering around with the camera and just like putting it in front of people's faces and, and talking to them. And it's all still on. If you go to ustream.com, I think it's forward slash dum-de-dum, it, all, all the clips are still there so you can, you can watch them. And um, there's some nice little interviews which, which I did with people. So they're all still there in perpetuity, forever and ever. Amen. You know what you were saying about the when you did your bull impression? Yeah, the sound effect. Um, you know Martin Greaves, beautiful, stu- uh, 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 glamorous, Greavesy. Studios, Greavesy. He, you said- know, he's rebuffed my offers of a bromance. Has he? Yeah. No little DM to me. Let's have a drink then, Roy. For anything, I'm proper gutted. But I, I you know, I, but I'm not going to make a thing out of it. But it's best not to mix work and romance, isn't it? So, as he's our studio assistant, I don't want you to fertling around in this. <laughs> <laughs> What were you going to say? What are you going to say anyway? Um, he said in the olden days, when mm. they used to have uh, sound effects on um, cassettes, you know, and you just bung them in the thing and pick mm. pick the sound effect you want. You had a book that had all the different sound effects listed out. Yes. And they used to play sound effect bingo, where one of the sound technicians on the archers would shut their eyes and just stab their finger into a book, and whichever sound effect they landed on they would use that sound effect. They would have to see if they could get it into the show without anybody spotting them. And apparently there was one memorable episode where Eddie Grundy started his car up in the farmyard and it was the start of the Le Mans rally. <laughs> <laughs> and no one noticed. I love that. 
ah, I'm sure they don't do anything that silly anymore. They're very sensible and grown up mm. and professional now. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's uh, Jojo's Sexy Heels here. Haven't uh, sent a message for a couple of weeks. I thought I'd better just let you know my thoughts on the return of Tom or new Tom as we're all referring to him. Have you ever heard a speech with more me, 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 me? He's sitting at his poor father's deathbed and all about me. Interesting, though, he didn't say what he was doing in the cabin in the backwoods. Little hints of a broke-back mountain approach. Maybe uh, he and Adam need to have a man-to-man talk. But, oh, new Tom? Well, I prefer his voice to the new Pip. Don't like her voice at all. She's a bit gravelly and growly. What happened to whiny Pip? You know, the woman we love to hate. So, don't like new Pip. Think I prefer new Tom. Um, the voice is okay, but me, 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 me. Can't bear it. Please, if you've learned anything in the backwoods of Canada, Tom, stop all this self-centred nonsense and just get on and save the farm because Titchy Knob's got his claws in and he's not going to want to let go. So get out there, get your hands dirty, get your wellies on and go save Bridge Farm. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye. Uh, Jojo Sexy wants to know what Tom was doing in that cabin in the mountains. I don't care what he was doing. Uh, she says she doesn't like New Pip and she prefers, but she does prefer New Tom. Did you know that New Tom is apparently New Tony's son in real life? Really? Apparently so. I think I've got that right or I could have dreamt it, but I'm fairly sure that's right. Yes. If you listen to yeah. what Tom says in that episode, there's yeah. loads of nods and winks to us, the listeners. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's yes. like I'm a different person. Yes. Oh, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, is that you? <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> That's the answer. No. <laughs> I, do, I just love the way t- uh, Titter, Twitter just roared into life the second he, op- he opened the door and Helen went, oh. <gasps> Tom! And everyone went, no! This <laughs> <laughs> kind of tidal wave of abuse started immediately. Poor Jack. But to go back onto the point that you made some weeks ago, which the lovely, very clever Harriet uh, kind of brought up about the indistinguishability yeah. of the voices, it's like, come on now. They all sound the same. He sounds so much like Charlie Barber's spreadsheet. They so all even their intonation is the same. The same. They all sound the same. And we, you know, and you don't, you can't have this in a radio drama. You can't. I mean, admittedly, you can't have 40, you couldn't have, you know, we've got Jazza. We couldn't have somebody from, you know, Ireland and somebody from, well, we've got that, haven't we? With with, uh, uh, Ian. Ian. Um, But, you know, you can't have wildly different. But I don't know how the women manage it when the men can't. Mm. We should have on some kind of um, vocal coach. Mm. Um, in a, in a future episode. Oh, I've got go. one. I know one. My friend. Get yes, her on. Have her on. Get yeah, her okay. on. No, seriously, we need to get okay. get her on because, um, the, you know, the other thing is is that you know these actors aren't actually, sp- not all of them anyway, actually speaking in their natural voices. Mm. You know, so uh, um, it has to be. You you can you know when you sit down and you listen to a show a, a, a second time because you can just let it wash over you, and then you you do hear dare I say the acting. Yeah. And and then and then when you hear them speak normally and you realize not speaking in their real voices, but there are so many that just sound absolutely blandly the same. Like 
like Danakin, I know he's not in it uh, really, but Dan is interchangeable with New Tom, he's interchangeable with um, <laughs> David Zeldis. Uh, yeah, BBC cost cutting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the Daily Mail will be happy then. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. Get, get your mate on. Get her on. Okay. Uh, you know what? We should get her on and we should also get Harriet on as well. And we can yeah. like, you dive yeah. into um, what makes the, the, you know, the different yeah. voices um, kind of so unique and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The sale of Brookfield is still troubling me greatly. I know a lot of people say it's not going to happen. Scriptwriters move on. But I just can't relax. They might be calling our bluff and Brookfield does get sold to Justin Elliott, head of Demerara Sugar. I keep waiting for the spring to have sprung with water washing away any hopes of Route B or perhaps the whole of Brookfield will fall down a huge sinkhole and there'll be nothing left to sell. Another outcome does play on my mind. Shula, Kenton and Elizabeth are all very happy with the thought of their share of seven and a half million but as uber god Kerry Davis tells us on the Archer's blog the amount of the shares was never specified and it is very unlikely to have been a quarter each as some listeners have speculated so what if it was only piffling numbers of shares they each received and Ruth and David practically got the lot did Phil set it up this way to stop arguments with all thinking they got something but not knowing the actual amounts, not imagining that Brookfield would ever be sold and the truth come out? Questions I have are, are all the siblings company directors? Can they veto the sale? If they see Ruth and David potentially trousering the lion's share of the seven and a half million, if the share division was not fair, could one or all of them not allow the sale of Brookfield and so it all falls through? I can't recall hearing anyone mention the actual percentage division of the shares or what sums of money they will all receive. A bit odd, really, as in everyday conversation, surely Ruth and David would say, we'll need this much to buy out the others, or they've got X percentage of shares each. But it seems as if it's been deliberately not mentioned to produce a plot twist. After they settled my capital gains tax query so efficiently, I'd like the advice of the dum-de-dum accountants again, please. Paul Room wants to know... Mm. Oh, Paul, Paul, Paul. If Shula and Kenton Elizabeth... Well, no, I want to know. Well, mm. he's getting muddled up about the finance. So am I. I don't mm. understand how a mortgage works. And I think Paul is mistaking us for Moneybox Live. We're more kind of Moneybox <laughs> half-dead. All right, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm switching off. You just said the magic words Moneybox Live, Live, and that's it. I'm out of this. Go on. Uh, we've now got people ringing in asking us how to cash in their ISAs. Um, <laughs> w- my advice is, if you're going to cash in your ISA, you go onto the PayPal section of the Dumpty Dum website mm. and cash it in right there. That's what I think. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and uh, d- just, just whilst we're there... Yeah. Um, what we, what we going to say about our PayPal button? It put some money in it. Done it. Because two people have done this week, and we love them dearly. Oh yes, they have, haven't they? Yes, yes, yes. Gosh, that was such a surprise. <laughs> it, it was. You texted me and went, "People have got money." In. <laughs> <laughs> We've had on our site, dear listener, for quite some time, um, a, a little button, and it says, "Give us some cash," and. Uh, we've never publicised it because I've I've placed it on the website. It's in a bit of a rubbish uh, 
place and we've never really talked about it. However, it is there and it's really nice of you if you just want to just click on it and just say, hmm, I don't, I, you know, I don't really need a t-shirt. I don't really need a mug. However, I really appreciate what these pair do and I appreciate they do have some costs. So you can just like uh, whack us a bit of cash. So Yay. a couple of people this week whacked us a bit of cash. You can whack us whatever you want and it's just very lovely of you and it really just like really perked me up. It's part of the reason why I'm yeah. feeling resurgent. There you go. Mm. So go onto our website and it's just kind of there and it just says donate and you hit donate and you just give us a little bit of your hard-earned money. Yes. Anyway, Paul Room, I don't know what happens if Shula, Kent and Elizabeth all pull out their shares mm. and then the sale goes wrong. Mm. Will Ruth and David be left owing them somehow? And also... But surely it will... They'll do it afterwards wouldn't they because they've got to have the money the realized money? yeah 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 but if, you know what kenton's like he'd have spent his <laughs> also someone said to me at the dumpty dum awards and god help me i've got no idea who it was i've got a feeling it was rupert brun who mm. said well kenton's already had some of his money because he got into some sort of difficulty and for the life of me I can't remember what that was either because Kenton's always in some sort of difficulty but uh, Phil was pulled it... out his cash early and gave him some of the money was this to do with Jacks? yeah possibly mm. I can't remember see as soon as it goes I'm up with the f- you switch off when it's farming and I switch off when it's money it's like when you said how much Loxfest was costing <laughs> I just sat there with my mouth open thinking, really? <laughs> no idea. Is he talking about? Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm very uncomfortable with all this money chat, especially because it's such vast sums. But yeah, I mean, it just... Why would they be happy as well that Shula... Oh, so they're happy that Shula is pulling out her money from the farm. Why are they happy about that? Well, I suppose it just means that... You know, they don't have to call together any shareholder directory meetings when they're up at okay. Hadley, Hadley Hoch. It just means that the ownership structure is just <laughs> much more simple. You know, they're not right. beholden to anybody. Okay. And there's still enough moolah going around that they can have uh, as near as damn it no mortgage on, on the new place, even when you uh-huh. know, the other siblings are taking their pound of flesh. Right. Okay. Right. But it's not going to happen. No, it's not, is it? But somehow there's going to be a big mess, isn't there? Absolutely. Somehow this is going to end up where either Kenton spent the money already or Elizabeth saying, well, I want to pull my share out anyway, even if they decide not to leave. Mm. And they have to remortgage or something. Or it's owned by Justin Elliott. Mm. Or something, something, something. I don't know. They're, they're so not going. There's too many uh, scenes with David and, and his mum, you know, yeah. saying, oh, look at the office, look at the view, blah, blah, blah. They're not <laughs> going anywhere. So let's just, you know. But yes, but there will be some uh, financial ramifications. You're absolutely yeah. right on that. Well, I hope they're interesting. Otherwise, I'm nodding off again. Hi, this is John Cock 135 Looking into the future, I'm a bit worried about all the incidents of crushing that we've had at Home Farm. Firstly, John got crushed by the Fergie tractor, then Tony crushed by his bull. If things go in threes, who's next? And my prediction is that it's going to be Helen, and she's going to be crushed by a giant cheese. Rob is going to take over cheese production and start putting them in these giant bales that's 
Baker cheese factories use, and he's going to stack them up so high that when Helen opens the door, cheese will fall on top of her and crush her. Thank you. John Cop uh, says that Helen is killed by Ooh. cheese. John Cop. Wait a minute, is he new caller in or? Yes. No, he's call. He's a caller in from a long time ago. Oh, OK. He doesn't call her in very often. Oh, OK. Um, he says uh, Helen's going to be killed by cheese, that uh, Rob's going to increase production of the dairy and, and make some ginormous monster cheese, mega cheese like the mega dairy, which is going to fall <laughs> over and kill Helen. I'd rather she was squished by sterling gold than by Rob, to be honest. And as she appears to have Ooh, stopped eating again... what about Borsetshire Blue? Yes. Borsetshire Black and Blue. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, as Helen appears to have stopped eating again so you could probably knock her out with a dairy triangle I think <laughs> oh dear oh. gosh what those things like crack cocaine when you went on uh, a school trip you know in, <laughs> in, in, in the junior school everybody wanted a dairy lead triangle didn't they oh my god you got a dairy triangle oh give us a bit of that <laughs> how could you give someone a bit because you open the packet and it just immediately spreads itself over a surface area of about 100 miles and very very thinly Ugh. when we went on school trips we were told nobody is going to open their pack and we'd, everybody would have eaten their pack <laughs> by the time we got to the end of the <laughs> road <laughs> <laughs> or everybody swapped and just you got cheese and pickle I don't like cheese and pickle that's it that's all the calls oh and Goddess Diva's call what are we going to do about that because because we haven't had it yet um, well if we get it before I edit it I'll put it in and if we don't I can't dear Royfield Goddess Diva here really 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 sorry I didn't get to spend more time with you last weekend I was hoping we could all go out and get a drink afterwards but the lovely Susie dragged me off to her lovely house and let me sleep in her lovely bed for a couple of hours so I didn't have to stay up all night (sighs) I'm actually really gutted you thought I was ignoring you I'm very very sorry from the bottom of my heart and hopefully if we ever get this tweet up in Bristol I can make it up to you then I don't even have it in me to comment on the arches this week, apart from to say, that's not Tom. It's just not Tom. And even then, it's in a half-hearted manner. Dear listener, can I just make a little bit of a request? Is that me? No, you're not a listener. Oh, okay. I am listening. (laughs) But you're not a listener, though, are you? You are a co-host. Okay. You're the talent. No. You're the beating heart of the show. (laughs) 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 Now... Paul Room is a doctor. Is he? We had we said this last week, remember? And he wanted to train to be a vet, but you need oh, more right. qualifications yes. yeah. to be a vet than a doctor. He says, I'll be a doctor instead. Hence, I made a little quip last week that he says, if you're real, right, go see a vet, because actually more oh, qualified okay. than doctors. Though yeah. I didn't exactly make that explicit. That's a little joke between me and Mr. Room, which I've now shared with the whole of the Dum Dum listenership. Now, just for a week or two, I want to run a bit of a, an experiment. When you call in, can you just say what your occupation is? Because I'm just somewhat intrigued. I, I, I like getting to know our listeners. Mm. So what did Cosmo say was, was, is Cosmo actually an accountant? He's retired accountant, I think. Mm. So from here on in, for the next couple of weeks, just say Cosmo here, retired accountant, or Jojo Sexy Heels, owner of shoe shop. Just whatever. You do realise that people will make stuff up wildly, don't you? That's kind of half the fun. Okay. Yes. Right. I thought you were doing some sort of sociological survey. Not but really, fine. but okay. I just want, I'd, I'd love there to be some vicars listening. Yeah. Real vicars. You, then you've got to prove there, it. There's a vicar on our Twitter feed, Is and that? there's a vicar's wife who I know... Uh, Is yes. that a profession, vicar's wife? 
well, I think the amount of work she does for it, it ought to be, but it isn't. Cool. All right. Smashing. Well, that sounded a bit kind of slightly pointless, but it'll, <laughs> it'll, just, it'll just please me. <laughs> we can start up some kind of dum dum LinkedIn. We can have the accountants kind of like linked up with the other accountants and, you know, start some, some kind of, you know, professional networking. Like Be good. Views. You can only buy services from other dum dum <laughs> <laughs> Um... We could be the Stamford Hill of the <laughs> of the podcast world. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, I like it when you make that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make that little clearing of your throat noise enough. <laughs> you don't, you know. If you've done it about two or three podcasts, I'm like, <clears throat> it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> I've come to a full stop with that and I'm slightly embarrassed myself. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Top five hashtag the Archer's tweets of the week, Lucy. Well, what you're all getting too bloody funny. Could you stop being funny because it's going to turn into top twenty-seven hashtag Archer's the Archer's tweets of the week. Madding crowd said, mm. "What? Sell to Justin Elliott? This cannot happen." Ah, his forty-five-year-old Pip. Maybe she. Can. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Keith Dows it. Said, had a great, I was with him up until right the last bit. Time for Lillian to bid in the auction on behalf of Matt, Gazump, Justin Elliott and Brian, then sell Brookfield, this is a bit where he lost me, to the Russian Mafia. <laughs> um, uh, the Starchers, Julian Smith, said, Pat is the winner of the Archers Happy Families with a full set of new Helen, new Tony, new John and new Tom. And... Jay Gallagher said, as Pip has become a language divorcee, George seems to have become a 14-year-old adolescent. This is true. <laughs> His voice is very nearly broken in the last episode. Um, and uh, Andy, Andy D make the tea. I really like this one. He said, oh, they grow up so fast. One day soon, it'll just be us tweet-alongers pottering about with no archers under our feet. <laughs> and it was uh, Bob Hawkins, Salvatore Rosa, who is the most British, understated and beautiful tweet. Is this tweet of the week? Yeah. All right, I'll stop with He just put, come on, Heather, do the decent thing. <laughs> <laughs> I also have another tweet of the week, which is not nothing. You can't have two tweets of the I week because this one's nothing to do with the archers. Oh, okay. It was about you know your cheerleaders. Shouldn't that be on another podcast then? Probably. You know, but it's to do with you though. You oh. know, you know your cheerleading thing that you do. Yes. Can you tell people what it is? Right. So I'm working with a great social enterprise called Ascension Eagles in East London. And they're kind of award winning. They go all over the world and cheerlead. No pom-poms at all. It's about getting uh, local kids, working class kids, fit, healthy and just, and you know, working together as part of a team. And as kind of most cheerleading teams it's kind of 95% female. So they're trying to recruit more boys. And they've got me on board to devise a campaign for them, a social media campaign of which I did a photo shoot, I've done posters, I'm doing some press to get more boys to become cheerleaders. Did you see there was a thing, sorry, this isn't the thing, but this is another thing. Um, on Twitter the other day, somebody posted, it was on a mental health account, I can't remember which one, uh, about they'd asked a group of nine-year-old boys what they hated about being boys. Mm-hmm. And they said things like, we're expected to like violence and uh, I'm expected to like football. And one of them said, 
one of the comments was, I can't be a cheerleader. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought of you. I'll find it and send it to you. Oh, I please you do. Have them. Yeah. Anyway, the, the alternative tweet of the week is Yokel Bear, who read your thing about uh, the cheerleaders and pointed out that he was a member of a cheerleading team. Mm-hmm. And he sent us a picture of him and his cheerleading team. <laughs> and you said, were you good? And he said, we were rubbish. <laughs> we once needed medical attention after attempting the splits. <laughs> <laughs> They did look like a sorry bunch of cheerleaders, <laughs> didn't they? It's old oh dear. <laughs> anyway, that was it. That was my other tweet of the week. And um, picture tweet of the week, which is to relate to Dum Dum, um, is from Sarah C M underscore Knits, who proudly flaunted her new Dum Dum T-shirt. I saw that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you, Sarah. And should we have a quick advertisement break? Why not? Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. So that's it. Dum de dum is over. Remember to go to our site, dumdedum.com, to get involved. And oh, Lucy. Hello. You're a modern woman, aren't you? Nope. Yeah, you are. I'm you're a... on Twitter, for God's sake. Oh, okay. If that counts, then yes. Do you buy things from the popular Amazon rainforest shopping website? I do not buy rainforests from anywhere else. <laughs> well, guess what? What? You can buy our mugs on Amazon. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. Don't you can. get them from Dum Dum? Well, for some strange reason, I did a little bit of Googling this morning because I was trying to find any old website on, in the whole universe of the internet where somebody's written a review about us and I couldn't, but I bumped into the fact that Amazon, because it's Cyber Monday, are selling Dum Dum mugs. Really? Absolutely. And guess what? They're only £6.99, 40% saving. Cool. Core indeed. So, if you want to get yourself a Dumpty Dum mug like Pronto, now it says it's a Cyber Monday thing. I got a sneaky feeling about to do this all week, right? Go on to Amazon, the popular South American River website, and type in Dumpty Dum, and uh, you can get like get it like super duper cheap. And ooh, we have a new range of clever pun related wares uh, that will be going live this week on our normal shop. So if you go to dumdydum.com and if you fancy a t-shirt that says, hello, you two, or a baby gross bought in the legend made in Ambridge, click on shop on our website. Yes. Re- reviews, news, news of reviews. Well, hmm. this is a section we might have to retire soon. <laughs> <laughs> Because so is that going in the pointless category like <laughs> so much else? We better not start putting on this this is a bit pointless thread or the whole bloody podcast along <laughs> Right. We had niche, nada or niente, as the Italians say. Nothing. Which means we will probably never get to the top of the podcast charts. And that's gonna be really sad because Lucy's bum jokes you know. <laughs> They require it. You know, they demand it, really. Um, so I think that's sad. Oh, so very sad. However, next week is my birthday. I know. So if you want to send me a birthday present next week. Ooh, sound sorry. effects. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
stop now. Have you comported yourself? I have. Suitably refreshed? Yep. Great. Right. Now, <laughs> if you want to get me a birthday present, just write us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. Right. Now, on the Facebook, where we now host 555 likers. Oh, yes. This week, we asked you. So, Royfield listens to the Archers while on the tube or eating a plate of mince pies. Where and how do you listen to the docudrama? Paolo Oeste said, I save the Omnibus podcast for my Sunday run. I'm out in the boonies so I can shout at Helen, Ed, Tony as the need arises. Uh, C. Rowan Jones continued, in bed, knitting. And here is our Millie Bell with other Archers-related Facebook goings-on. G'day everyone, it's Millie Bell here. Just with a bit of a Facebook roundup of the week, there's been a lot of activity on the Dumpty Dum site. Uh, had a bit of a look on some of the other pages and um, there was, I noticed that most of the activity was actually about the new Tom and the first one that caught my eye was from Jenny Stevens on Ambridge Addicts and she said, no point hoping that Tony will regain consciousness with Tom at his bedside tomorrow night. He won't bloody recognise his voice. On the Archers Appreciation Group, Roy Carter said, Ooh, new Tom. Completely unbelievable. He's not mentioned sausages or ready meals, and he spoke nearly a whole paragraph. And finally, this one caught my eye from Bridget Deutsch, who was on Ambridge Addicts. Pip went away and came back ten years older, and Tom now sounds 16. Where do they go? Gallifrey? In his favour, the new Tom did get some of the quavering of voice the old Tom had. So thank you to everyone for those amusing posts. And I guess anything that manages to mention Doctor Who and the artist in the same sentence is always going to grab my attention. Uh, please let us know if you see anything amusing. And uh, other than that, have a great week and keep chatting on Facebook because uh, you amuse us all over the world. Remember, you can also send us a voice message via our site or you can call 0203-031-3105 from a normal phone to leave us a message. You can also ping us a regular text message if you like via our website or you can uh, find at Dum Dum on the Twitters or tweet me at Royfield or me at Lucy V Freeman. So please, please, please keep the reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before Miss Marple moves into Ambridge. Very good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> all right then that's me what done the... i'm gonna listen i'm gonna watch uh the walking dead yes and then i'm gonna i was gonna take a walk to starbucks but i'm not because um i can never download anything from that starbucks really no 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 i can't is it no i can't upload oh you know yeah oh yeah. well because it's too the, the, it's too sketchy the yeah, i think they've actually um oh we haven't said goodbye have we oh. bye <laughs> stop listening now Shush. <laughs> goodbye dear listener <laughs> <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 